All right, so for my this episode of I Just Interview My Friends, I'm interviewing my friend, Mina Ha, uh, and I'm doing something a little different for this one. Uh, instead of asking her generally about her life, which maybe we'll do at some other later date, um, we're going to ask, we're going to be talking to Mina specifically um, about her work with uh, a group called Hope Gardens. And so Mina, why don't you uh, tell us what, what is Hope Gardens, uh, what do they do, um, and yeah, what are they about? Sure. So Hope Gardens is a transitional housing um, campus. So it's it's up in Silmar and it's in the mountains. It's actually a really beautiful campus, but it holds a, like about a hundred or more women and their children. There's no men on this on this campus. There's no men um, other than faculty members. Um, so what they do is they actually get women who were in downtown URM, so in Skid Row. Mm. And so these women who really show that they do want to get better, mm. um, they'll take these women to this campus in Selmar and they'll set them up, you know, with um, a spiritual guidance counselor, a social worker, um, and they have to take classes. So they're I guess like a college student, they have all these credits that they're building up to, mm -hmm. and they essentially will graduate, and that's when they're mm -hmm. ready to leave the campus and like fulfill the transitional part of that. Mm -hmm. um, so they, they're one of the most interesting organizations I've ever been a part of because they're so spiritually centered. Mm -hmm. um, and how they go about, you know, like, um, welcoming these women um, is really interesting because they're so trauma sensitive. Um, so all these women, most of them, if you listen to their stories, they've gone through, you know, domestic violence, they've been through um, like sex trafficking, um, drug abuse, all these things that I guess were warned of, uh, like all the like the shady areas of society. They, they come from all these areas, right? And for the first time, you really get to sit down with the person and talk to them about, you know, their past. And uh, they'll share. They're so vulnerable. They'll, they'll share. Um, they'll explain to you how they came to this campus and, um, you know, where they're at now, like if they're struggling, if they're not struggling. Um, so it's like... I mean, I think I'm going on on tangents. Mm -hmm. Well, like... yeah, yeah, and, and I would love to hear more about all of those things. Um, uh, but I would like to know, you know, starting off, how did you get involved uh, with them? What was that process, you know, like of you finding your way to work with them? Um, so I was in, I was in sophomore year of college, mm -hmm. and. I think that was the year when there were so many shootings going on. Um, just every month or every other week, there was a shooting going on. And um, so it was completely not related to, um, I guess it was not really related to homelessness in any way, like where my passions were. Um, but it was also the year that at our church, Pastor DC joined, or he became a fully staffed pastor I think I don't know um, but he took over mission ministry and I was talking to Pastor Michael about becoming um, or getting more involved in local ministries because um, 
at that time, ANCC was just starting to, you know, reach out to these local organizations and they already had the ball rolling on like, um, they were already kind of initiating ways that they could build relationships with their community. Um, but I think Hope Gardens was actually one of the first ones. So um, DC kind of, I, I, I assume he thought I was best fit for this. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just assumed that. Um, but uh, he, he asked me if I was interested in, you know, serving with this community. And so I was. Um, and so I think it's been like three years now that I've been. What, um, were, what was some of your, like, first impressions? Like, when you first went, what were you expecting? How did it kind of surprise you? Well, it didn't look like a homeless shelter. <laughs> like, that's like the first thing that uh -huh. that's, I think that's why I always stress it's a beautiful campus mm -hmm. because a lot of times we go into the idea of serving with like a picture, like an image of the place that we're going to serve. And a lot of times it's almost in the same place where that traumatic experience for that person occurred. Like mm -hmm. it's on Skid Row, whatever, right? right? Like. Um, but it was a sanctuary, which was so strange to me because this is like a celebrity rehab facility, you know, mm -hmm. like it's in Malibu, but it's still more. <laughs> Anyways, it's still, still somewhat the same. Um, so when I, when I went there, I was like, wow, this is like a really, like it's, it's beyond my expectation of what I would think a transitional housing like campus would look like. Um, and then I got to meet the children and they're just so energetic and I don't really like children, <laughs> but there's something about when you go in with the mentality of serving that <laughs> you become much more friendly towards little people. So <laughs> I, um, I definitely had a really good impression of the children there. They're, they want to be your friend. So they're not as guarded as their mothers are. Mm. Um, so that was really nice to be able to serve the children and to have that um, to have that interaction be so positive. And then um, then the then the staff let you meet the mothers and they let you do that in a way where it's really intentional. So it's one on one because they know these women have had like, traumatic relationships and they know that um, they're gonna have the guard up when they're with you. So. Um, the way that they help, like have you interact with the women, it's really, it's in a more intimate setting. And so we've kind of reflected that as well in the way that we've um, initiated our church's interactions with the mm -hmm. women at Hope Gardens too. So we've definitely learned from how they do it. Mm -hmm. um, and you said that you serve, you've been serving there <clears throat> for like three years. I'm sure that was <laughs> that hasn't been easy. Um, and for a lot of people serving, you know, is a weekend or serving is maybe like at most like a week, right? Um, for like a VBS or something. What do you think about Hope Gardens has kept you going in terms of wanting to serve even when it's been difficult? Actually, I think this is the first year where I've actually seen the fruits of serving. So wow. it's been three years uh -huh. and every year it's such a... <laughs> So how, how how do you reach year three? 
it's like it's like you're hustling every year to see something and for for me personally it was more interaction with our church and it was more um it was more of that interdependence that I wanted to see where like it wasn't just you know like it's Thanksgiving how can we feed these people right. <laughs> like it wasn't it wasn't like a singular event I really wanted to see continuity um and did, was and that so something like was that something that you saw like in your own service like that you had kind of went in thinking it'll just be singular events like what was that change for you or like oh like this is something that really is continuous no I think I actually went into it wanting continuity mm. but I think it's because in my education <laughs> like in um in you know like academics like you read all about like volunteerism like you read all about these things and teachers teach you all the negatives of volunteering all the negatives of serving your population right mm -hmm. and so like i think education has been doing a good job in terms of like analyzing what bad volunteering looks like <laughs> um, uh -huh. i don't know and i like i went to like a freshman year i went to like a liberal arts college so like you know, you do a lot of talking, <laughs> you do a lot of like analyzing all these things and critiquing. So I think I already kind of had this idea of like, if you are to serve your community, it has to be continuous or else it's a savior complex. I think that's like, I think I had that huge fear and I think it's been something that I constantly struggle with is do I serve because I have a savior complex do I, or do I serve to actually glorify God? Mm. So um, I think with that in mind, like I, I knew that like if I am to serve this community, like without, you know, without glorifying myself or endangering myself into that kind of uh, mindset, um, like, I knew the importance of continuity. I think that was, like, a big... That was, like, one of those things I was really stubborn about is, like, I, even though I want to quit, like, even though, you know, like I said, like, I didn't really see the fruits of serving until this year. Mm -hmm. It's... And so then what, you know, like, if the stubbornness... Maybe we call it discipline, <laughs> right? Like, <Maybe>. of serving. <laughs> um, what is it about this year that you say you really start to see the fruit of it? So one of the uh, women, she started to come to ANCC. Um, so she goes to our church now um, and uh, she brings her daughters um, and her two sons. Um, and when we went up there this summer, she was also up there with her kids um, and she recognized us. So she would say like, oh, these are my church friends, right? Mm. Um, and there's also this boy named Isaac. Um, he really loves Michael Chung. <laughs> He's <laughs> one of the guys who go to our church. Uh -huh. He loves Michael Chung. And I remember Isaac because he was there. He's been there every year since I've volunteered there. Um, and he also recognized me and Yoon. So mm -hmm. he'd be like, oh. And Yoon, I, is, like, Yoon is one of the other church members that serves. Yeah, so Yoon is also another church member, but she's also my co-leader. So we co-lead together. Um, and she rec he recognized both of us and he recognizes, you know, 
he recognizes ANCC essentially. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important because these children, they don't need just someone who keeps passing by, right? Like they, they need some stability in their lives. And I think it's so important to give that to them if you are to like interact with them, right? Like if you're going to expose yourself to these children who have, who already have experienced so much, right? And they're like 10 years of life that they lived. Um, it's, it's good to be honest with yourself um, before you step foot on that campus of mm -hmm. um, just, there is responsibility on your part, you know, like, um, like these children understand loss and they understand it probably more significantly than some of us do. So I think, you know, um, just seeing that he was excited to see Michael <laughs> and Michael plays so well with Isaac. So um, he was like, also like, Oh, like, why isn't that one guy who plays basketball with me here? You know, like, and I kind of knew who he was talking about. Um, so it's like, because we're there like consistently, you know, every summer or like every, you know, chance that we're able to be up there and it's the same people volunteering at Hope Gardens too. Mm -hmm. Um, so the same people who volunteered the last two years have been volunteering, you know, consistently. So mm -hmm. um, it's good to see that. And it's also good to see the moms welcome us too. So the mm -hmm. moms will say like, oh, like ANCC, we love you. Like, yeah, like we were, wow. we were at your church for, um, your, the like during evacuations, we clear out the gym so that mm -hmm. they can stay at our church. And, be, and those are the know. evacuations for the fires and stuff, right? Right, right. yeah, because they're up in the mountains. So they're in a pretty bad fire zone. And so like um, whenever they need it, like, uh, you know, DC is so great. Like Pastor DC will um, create yeah. Space in the gym we, I, we've gotten those like those like 10 p.m. calls of like yeah like we need blankets and foods and all this stuff it was like okay yeah just anyone who can come please come and help yeah. us set up you know yeah. like and I, the urgency mm -hmm. in his like his urgency kind of reflects also like how much he cares for this community and I like really respect that about DC is that you know whatever he's involved with like or he's involved in he's always really passionate about it and he has so much compassion for that community right. so and I think I think like things like in the fire you know for most church members and I'm speaking of our church but I think it's probably a good generality right like I think we have a very good knowledge in America of what short-term service looks like right like disaster aid and like like you were saying like Thanksgiving like food drives and things like that what are some things about like long-term service such as Hope Gardens that you feel like a lot of church people, maybe just people in general, like what is it that you've learned that most people don't get about long-term service? Hmm. So I think one, uh, like, pract like practically speaking, at Hope Gardens we tutor the students. And so for us, it's understanding the reality of educational disparities, right? Like, um, so for example, during quarantine, Hope Gardens wasn't equipped. Like, how can they be, right? <laughs> there. Um, so a lot of the children didn't even have laptops. Mm -hmm. And they've struggled with Wi-Fi for the longest time. Um, 
they've actually just gotten donors to, you know, set up like a whole system for them recently because of this, uh, because of this virus and this pandemic. Um, so during that time, a lot of the students were behind, like they're, mm-hmm. they're already behind on education. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're already, you know, the students that are, I guess, unseen by society on a normal basis, right? Like they're already left behind. Then this pandemic hits and it's like, you know, teachers are scrambling, like educational systems are scrambling. These moms are scrambling and like the students, the kids really suffered. Mm. And I think it, I think all across, like no matter what socioeconomic status you are in, all the kids are suffering Mm -hmm. from, you know, the loss of school and this like, the basic thing that we all go through so it's like i think for us like we saw the impact of long-term volunteering um specifically this summer with trying to get these kids you know Mm. i guess catching them up over the summer or just even like and i say these kids are already behind because they've experienced so much trauma at an early age that whatever stressor they have that's separate from that trauma, it's still, the the reaction is still very, um, it's like they, they're unable to respond to stress well mm-hmm. um, because they haven't been in an environment where, you know, like they're, they're able to learn positive ways to deal with stress. Mm-hmm. And so I think like you can see it in the way that they get frustrated really quickly or um, they have this mentality of just like giving up sometimes. And it's like, um, as yeah, like as we're, you know, tutoring them and helping them out, it's like, um, it's good to be there as an encouragement that they can do it, that, you know, um, it's not that they're not smart, but, you know, like learning takes effort and, and learning also takes, you know, encouragement from someone that you trust because like Mm. until you've learned something you're not like you know I think we all understand that um to learn something from someone you also have to be really vulnerable right because like you don't know anything (laughs) like you are not going to get the right answer and you don't want to feel ashamed by that um so it's good to have people who are positively encouraging them and getting them through these you know problem sets that they can yeah, and would you, would you say then that like, like the two and a half years, right? The two and a half years, right, of being that consistent part of their lives, does that enable you in this disaster, right, in this quarantine to be able to serve them in a better way, in a different way? Hmm. Yeah, I I think it's it's the sensitivity that we learn throughout the years. So I think, you know, at first you're a little bit like I guess cautious around the kids. So like the first year that I volunteered there, I was definitely more cautious around them. It's much more cautious around the women, um, and I didn't really communicate as much with the staff members either because like. I don't know, you're like, you're coming into their world, essentially. So um, as the years go by, you become, 
you just become more accustomed to the culture that's up on the campus. Hmm. So you know how to speak with them, you know how to interact with them, um, you know who to look for if you're having trouble. Um, so it just becomes much more comfortable um, and that basically will help some walls come down. Mm. And, you know, I think in any in any relationship, communication is key. So the kids knowing that they can trust you, trust you enough to, you know, get wrong answers in front of you right. or right. to have outbreaks in front of you or to just tell you that they just can't do it. I think it takes time and I think that the last two and a half years has been, you know, working at that. Mm. But um, I do want to clarify though, um, I think, I think for me, there was a shift over the years um, from being someone who like specifically works with the students and the women to um, someone who works more administratively with us. Uh, basically the directors on the campus. Right. So I think for me, serving has changed in terms mm. of specifically who I'm working with. Um, so that was like a hard transition, but like, right. I think now I'm kind of learning to, one of the, uh, the volunteer directors there, she, she's, her name is Shirley and she's one of the most gracious human beings I've ever met. But, um, if ever she saw me stressed on campus, um, because I was trying to, you know, make sure that our church members are taken care of and um, that we're also, you know, carrying out a good schedule and making sure that um, the programs that we're running there are running well. Mm -hmm. um, she would take me aside and she would say, like, I know you're missing out on, you know, actually being in the action of mm -hmm. <laughs> like helping these kids out or helping the women out. But I assure you that serving on the administrative side is also loving, you know, not only your church members, but these kids, mm -hmm. because you're helping these programs get to them. So mm -hmm. I think she was, she's, yeah, she's like my go-to person when I'm on the campus. I really love her. She's, she's watching out for everyone. And, um, she always takes time to pray with me or with the group and um she makes sure like she makes sure that um in everything that we do that we first center ourselves on god and then you know and then she's like all right go like go do wow. your thing it's the best yeah. thing ever yeah because i think it's actually encouraging for me to hear that your role has changed because i do think one of the things that many people are afraid of before committing to like a long-term service, right? Is this idea that it's going to be the same thing, right? Like I'm just doing the same thing, right? Day in or year in and year out. Um, and to really know that that's probably never true anywhere, right? Like anywhere in the world that you're going to stick there for a long time, it's going to change um, over time. Uh, yeah. I would love to hear as well. You know, you talked about how from Shirley, you know, her, posture of prayer and her her mentality how do you feel like serving at hope gardens has helped you to understand god in a deeper way um, or to deepen your relationship with jesus i think it's hard like i think it's helped me reflect more on the transformative nature of the gospel hmm. um 
and just what redemption means and um in what way so i i would talk to these women um and they share with you these really dark stories right or i guess they're not even stories they're it's life that they've lived right and i would be it, it, like I would feel somber. Like I would be like, I'm so sorry you went through that. And like, I would question like how someone could, you know, inflict harm like that on another person. And I mean, that's just me being naive or in my, I guess, much more sheltered, I don't know, background. Like um, I would be like, oh, how can someone do that to you? But um yeah, they would just tell me these stories and I would be so like, it would be so heavy for me to hear it. And, you know, it goes around for all the other volunteers too, because when we have debrief at the end of the day, like they're pretty, they're pretty shaken as well. Like mm. um, that's hard information to process um, if you haven't been exposed to it before. So I would hear these stories, but they would finish their story and then they would start talking about what God has for them in the future. Mm. And I swear they would light up with so much joy. Mm. Like they had so much joy because they would say, but God is restoring me. Like God is doing the redemptive work in me. Mm-hmm. And I like, I think I, I, I shed a tear in front of the, the mom who was sharing with me because I would wonder, like, do I have to go through that much suffering to also see God, you know, restoring me and doing his redemptive work in me? You know, like, do we all, you know, for all of us who've been privileged enough to not grow up and to not experience these terrible things, how do we, how can we also see um, God doing that in us? Because sometimes we become so, like, numb to it or um, every day is so consistent and you know it's not like every day we don't have this like fight or flight like reality so I think it's so um it's so interesting because I would sit there and be like she is experiencing grace so much more than I am like I would just like compare these stories right? right like to my own life but I think at the end of the day, like, the more I would reflect on it, the more I'd be like, just because these, just because those events aren't happening to me, even as I hear her talk about this, like, my perspective of grace is growing, like, my perspective of the gospel is growing, my perspective of who God is and what he can do is growing. And I think that's why it's so important to have these communities mixed together, because God is not one dimensional, mm-hmm. but it can look so one dimensional when you're in a suburban community, like when you're in a suburban community and you're, you know, walking life with people who walk very similar lives. So I think it was just so important for me to hear that. Um, and it's so important for me to continue to hear that because um, 
yeah, I think I read the Bible too with like a different perspective. Um, I, I want to be more gracious to people because these women are, you know, gracious in the way that they, they're even helping us, you know, Mm -hmm. like they're gracious in the way that they've accepted us into their community. Mm -hmm. Um, because we're so naive. <laughs> like a lot of us, we come in with like, you know, when we reflect or when we talk about it, a lot of us come in and we say like, you know, we've never experienced anything like that. And we've never heard stories like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to really, yeah, to not just read an article on the news about something bad that happened, but to listen to a, you know, a person who's gone through that, but like, you know, they're much more, um, I guess to talk to someone who is, you know, walking in faith um, and they've experienced such things and you're kind of like, you're processing everything. It's pretty, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's like so powerful because you know, we have talked about, right, the difference between, like, serving and pitying, (laughs) right? Like, and pitying is very much a one-way street, right? Whereas serving, it is trying to open up, not even a two-way street, but to live next door, right? (laughs) To live next door to somebody, right? Like, there is no street. It's just like a shared yard. Um, And I'd love to hear, you know, I know that in all service things, right, trying to get people to volunteer is always hard. Um, And so from you having been in that position, right, of that new volunteer, and now (laughs) being in the position of directing and all these, uh, and and other things, what do you feel like people who are on the fence of committing to service, like what are they missing out on? Like what is it that you, you wish that they would get? that it just takes, you know, one step out of the house. <laughs> like you just have to get your butt out of the house. Uh-huh. Um, because I think we all, like we, I think a lot of us have a tendency to imagine how much responsibility we'll have or imagine what the tasks are going to be like. Mm. And then that wears us down. It's like thinking about homework instead of doing homework. <laughs> like you're already exhausted because you're like, I know I won't. I know I'll be stuck on this problem forever. Uh And so the time that you could have just done the homework, you just thought about it and wasted more time, right? Like, um, I feel like I'm having a lot of homework (laughs) talking to my high school students. (laughs) So Uh that's all they talk about. But um, yeah, I think it, it really is just first, you know, get out the door, um, just try, come once. But it's also up to us as leaders, like me and Yoon. Um, the reason why we, Yoon and I converse almost every night if we're serving, we'll, we'll debrief together because for us, it's important that we not only ask um, you know, our church members or anyone to serve, but we also follow up with them and we pray for them. So 
I think that it's not just up to the person that we're asking to come. I think it's also up to us too. Um, because like, you know, you could just, you could feel like you're invisible <laughs> like mm. as you're serving. You just feel like, oh, I just went there, but I made no relationships. Mm. And you're not going to make a relationship with the population you serve right away. There's just not enough interaction in one service to do mm. that but you can make a relationship with the people you serve and together you can be accountable for, you know, going up there and serving these, these children. And it's important to reflect and to follow up with all the people who've served with you because you're allowing them to have a time to talk about God and you're allowing them to have a time to talk about God in the context of this service opportunity. Mm. And so as they talk about it, for many of us, we're reflecting as we speak. So um, it's important to give them that opportunity and to be the ear that listens. And I think it's mm. more important that a leader does it because they have that social capital where it's right. like, oh, because it's a leader, you know, like there's purpose behind me really reflecting rather than, and they're, they're going to, you know, a leader will have specific questions or, um, I think the intentions of that leader um, as they follow up with you will be so that you can recognize, you know, how serving is related to glorifying God and, you know, his kingdom. So I think, I think for me and Yoon, that's really important. And we've, um, and Yoon is the best at it. So during, <clears throat> during the summer, she called every single person that volunteered there. And she had like hour long conversations with them. And Yuna's a very busy woman. She's a teacher. <laughs> she, um, yeah, she called each individual and she um, allowed them to just talk about, you know, whether it's whatever they're struggling with in their own spiritual life or just, you know, what they've learned on that campus. Um, yeah, she's, she created like an open space. And I think it helps because we're seeing so many of those same people come back and ask mm -hmm. for more opportunities to mm -hmm. serve. And that's why I'm saying we're seeing fruits this year, but I think it's because you're not alone. I think it's because our lead, like our oh. group, our team has been more God centered than ever. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's such a powerful thing, right? That to be God centered means to be part of a team, right? A church, a community that you don't serve alone right because that is i feel like a lot of times when people are afraid of serving they think they're doing it all by themselves right um yeah well mina thank you so much for sharing about hope gardens i really appreciate it uh and hopefully this podcast will come out soon enough to help more volunteers find out about hope gardens yeah if you if anyone who's listening <laughs> to this podcast you would like to, you know, serve at Hope Gardens, please reach out to me and you. We're on Facebook only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, this show is, I just, I just interview my friends, so probably anyone that listens will know. It's like a and mutual friend. Like, yeah, yeah. Message us. Yeah, and if you don't know, if you don't know Mina or Yoon, just message me and then I'll connect you guys. Yeah. All right. Thank okay. you. Thank you, Mina.